what's up everybody? This is Ruben Garcia and this is a beautiful day. And today on the Proven by Ruben podcast, we have Matt Perry. What's up, brother? How, How are you doing, you? bro? Good to see you. Thanks Good to for see having you me. as well. Absolutely. So if you could tell everyone who you are, what you do, how you do it, and all that good jazz. Sure. So uh, I'm a, a real estate agent in the Raleigh-Durham area. Been in the business uh, total about 11 years now. Um, I'm also the operating principal of the Durham Market Center, Keller Williams Market Center. So we are in South Durham in the South Point area, if you're familiar with the Triangle. And I uh, also run the Perry Group, which Ooh. is a top 10 team in the Triangle for the last five years. We uh, helped uh, 224 families last year and looking to help 250 plus this year. So Awesome. You guys on track? We, uh, we're a little behind. A little yeah. behind, yeah. yeah. Being, being transparent. So we got some catching up to do. But yeah. we're going we're gonna to so make it happen. So what do we have to do to ensure? No. <laughs> Let's yeah, go right, right into coaching. Let's right? go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. So cool. So we find out where you're at right now. Yep. Let's back up a little bit. Sure. Where it all started. Now sure. we have some teacher stuff going on here in our state. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and but you started as a teacher. I did. I started as a high school teacher. Um, taught for three years. Uh, coached basketball. Loved it. Um, obviously, you don't get into teaching for the money, so didn't necessarily get out of it for the money either. Right. Um, but uh, had an opportunity over one summer to work in real estate, uh, kind of just as a temporary job, working for a builder, and sold a couple houses and kind of just you know fell in love with it um, my wife actually is who I should credit Devin was in new construction sales already had been doing that oh, for about gotcha. three years so she already had her license she was um, in real estate and very successful and so I knew I knew enough about it and then once I tried it and got into it I just loved it and um, I just said hey I'm gonna kick myself if I don't you know give this itch a, a scratch and explore this uh, this real estate thing yeah so, so Matt's um, hanging out in the open house what was that first hint of like this could be what I want to do. Yeah, so um, getting into teaching was mainly helping people. So it wasn't, I taught math, mm. you know, calculus, statistics, all the way down to algebra. And it wasn't really ever about the math, it was about helping people. And so for right. me, um, there was just a real excitement in helping somebody find, you know, everybody, their home is their sacred place. And that's, you know, just such a um, symbol of pride for them and, and of, of hard work. And so to be able to help somebody into that home and find the right fit for them and their family was just pretty pretty awesome, pretty exciting. And so the the possibility of helping people do that and making that a career combined was, yeah. was exciting to me. So Yeah. Do you have one that sticks out, one of the first deals that kind of stick out to you of Um my first deal ever was actually a friend of mine who still lives in the townhome, uh, Doug oh, Cook. Really? So yeah. So uh, shout old, out to Doug. Old Doug, yeah, we're giving him a shout out. Um <laughs> You know, he, he was uh, really wanting to find a house, it was, hadn't bought a home before, just really needed a lot of guidance. Yeah. And so for that to be my first one was kind of extra special that he oh, was a friend cool. of mine. So uh, it was just, that one always rings true because, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to sell over a thousand homes in the last six years. And, and so that being the first and being a friend of mine, you know, he kind of embodied what I was wanting to do. And that's get in, help somebody with that process. And, right. you know, obviously I'd, must have did a pretty good job because he's yeah. still in the house, so yeah. so it was a good match. And so was it that summer that you start getting these experiences? Um, how much longer before you said, you know what, I think I'm going to step out of teaching? Yeah, so I had a really tough month um, that July, and uh, I finally just said, okay, um, I've got to make this leap. I, and I, I knew I could go back to teaching, and and uh, you know, teachers are the best people in the world uh, to this day. Um, just have so much respect for. The teaching profession people that choose to teach um yeah. they really mold you know mold our kids and and mold our future so that was a really really tough decision way to have you on my heart um and at the time it just it was a passion that I'd, I'd already tapped into i knew i wanted to explore it and um 
luckily uh, it's worked out really well for me and my family. So yeah. So my mom and my wife's a teacher. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, teachers have a different kind of heart, you know, and if you think about, unless you've taught, you don't really understand all the things they go through. Um, but you, you probably relate. Yeah, you can re- relate living with them. You know, you yeah. got, uh, you know, there's the presentation and there's the class, but then there's also all the preparation, all the, right. you know, lesson planning and then all the grading. And so there's just so much that pours into having a successful one hour class right. um, that's so much beyond, you know, and the whole like they're off on the summers is, you know, just laughable considering how much yeah. time they, they put in throughout the year. So, um, yeah, so that was, um, you know, we, we've worked a lot with teachers since then, so I'm still oh, involved cool. in them. But, um, yeah, teachers have a, a very special place in my heart. Yeah, so. and you still get to explore that avenue a little bit. Like even today, you're at our market center, and you were uh, you were kind of the instructor, right? You, yeah. You were taking a and a and you were still up in front of everyone answering questions. Absolutely. So you still get to scratch that itch a little bit. Yep. But what is something else that you might miss? What do you miss from teaching? The biggest thing would be would be the kids. That, I, I've always they've always asked me what what do you miss most about teaching and and you know it's definitely the kids. I taught high school, so you've got young adults that are you know up and coming, and just mm. the, the to see them go from even a freshman to a senior and how much change happens both yeah. both you know physically and you know maturity. It was pretty special. Um, I still have really close connect. Even though it was only three years, I still have really close connections with a lot of my old students that are now you know in their late Home 20s buyers? yeah yeah exactly <laughs> we've sold about you know 15 or 16 past clients houses, <laughs> right. so it does work out there too that's awesome but um yeah the, the those are those are lifelong relationships a lot of my players i coached basketball right um so a lot of my players are you know one of them has come and worked in my works in my office now oh, cool. um you know i've sold them homes but we keep up that relationship and you know it's just something special about that so that's probably what i miss most have you seen any of the students uh you know while you were in school with them, they may have shared some of their dreams, their aspirations. Do you see some of them changing a little bit now that they see that one of their mentors, someone they looked up to, left a profession, got into real estate? Do you see anybody saying, you know what, uh, Mr. Perry, um, I'm thinking about real estate. Have you had anyone? Yeah, I've had a couple reach out. Yeah, yeah I have. Um, and, you know, and they've, like all of us, they've had dreams that have changed direction and whatnot. So it's been really cool to watch, watch them grow. Yeah. Um, so cool. yeah, I definitely have had a couple that have gone and gotten licensed, and so it's it's been cool to keep up with that. Yeah, that, as, I bet that's well. cool. Yeah, so, so that's then, that's definitely what I miss the most. Yeah, for sure. So then you went into real estate. Yep. Yep. And I heard you mention say that you started as a buyer's agent. Was there before that, or did you go straight in? Yeah, so I did agent? do um, new construction sales. So that's work, right, yeah. worked for a builder for three years, um, and so so I've kind of seen a lot of different areas of residential sales. You know, working for a home builder. Um, you know, there's there's opportunity and, and exciting things about that, and right. then going to working on you know what we call general brokerage as a buyer's agent. Um, so d- similar but different. You're both working with buyers, and in, in the builder case, though, you're representing the seller, even though you're working right. with buyers. And then to to shift over to actually be working and representing the buyer was pretty exciting. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, and I've had a lot of uh, good mentors along the way. Um, Ashley Wilson was who I worked with for two years. Um, phenomenal agent. Phenomenal person. Um, had great leadership at the builder I worked with, so I've had a lot of people to help me in my in my path to where I've got you know where I am today. Yeah, how important is that to surround yourself with people like that? It's really everything. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people will say you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, and I think that's absolutely the case. So, being very selective, uh, you know, we always joke you can't choose your family, but outside of that, right. um, I definitely would say to be 
very cognizant of who you spend your time with because they're the ones that are going to, you know, help shape your views. They're going to, you know, help you think bigger or not think bigger. So, so um, thinking about some of those leaders, what has, give me one example that someone had a conversation with you, one of the leaders, and it was a stretch moment and you kind of sat back like, I don't know if I can do sure, that. Sure, sure. Um, so one of my mentors is Jay Crow. Um, he's the operating principal of about five market centers with yeah. Keller Williams. Actually, he's also a former teacher, um, was a professor at LSU. And I wonder how many teachers are listening to this and like, screw yeah, I'm going yeah, I know. Well, yeah, <laughs> call Ruben if, if, you, if you're thinking about it. Um, so, uh, you know, he, uh, he actually worked with Stephen Covey, though. So just the amount of knowledge that he offers and his experience of things that he's done right. from that coming from Stephen Covey and um, a lot of people are familiar with Stephen Covey. So, so Jay Crow um, and I developed a relationship. And really, what the cool thing about real estate is, it really is just about relationships. You know, at yeah. the end of the day, just like with the teaching, what I loved most was the relationships with the kids, and and moving that over to real estate, it's just just relationships. And so, yeah. um, we developed a relationship. He's definitely been a mentor of mine since I've met him, probably since 2010. And uh, you know, after a couple years of of having some success. Uh, started talking more about, you know, hey, what would it look like to um, have more opportunity, maybe open up a market center and, and again, give back. And at that time, you know, I had some success with my team. I have very talented people that work with me and, and as a team, we've done really well. And so that was an opportunity for me to go beyond the team and help more people. And that's mm. really, like I said, going back to the teaching thing, what I, what I was, what's always been kind of my focus. And so to be able to go outside of the five, six, seven person team that I'm running and help help other people that are not, you know, affiliated with the Perry Group right. to uh, to be successful in real estate and, you know, help them along the path that people have helped yeah. me. So Jay Jay kind of helped me mold what that might look like. Awesome. So did you approach him or did he approach you? Um I was starting to get the itch and so I I, I approached him. I think oh, I went okay. after that, you know, as an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Um and I think he he, uh, you know, had reached out to me to start the relationship because he recognized the talent. So it was a little bit of awesome. him recognizing talent with me recognizing, hey, this is somebody that I need this guy in my circle of five, like we were talking right. about. You know, he's somebody that um, from his integrity, from the type of person he is, the businessman, all things that I wanted to replicate. So I think that's the one lesson I took away from that was if you have clarity on what the kind of person you want to be and what that looks like, then you can go seek out the people mm-hmm. that are already demonstrating that and then align yourself with them. Yeah, so two things. One, um, I did a podcast with Ginger Breen and she brought up his name as well. Okay, yes. so that, that says a lot about him yeah, right there. she's yeah. a huge fan. Um, and obviously because of what he's done. Yeah. The second thing is, now that, and you know that, and through the, what you just expressed is that surrounding yourself with those people, yes. right? And knowing that my vision's here, so who am I gonna allow my, align myself with in order to get there? Do you look at, like, let's say 2019, and in 2019, I'm going to align myself with this person and this person. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get into the circle of these two people. Do you do you have a plan like that? Or? Um, I don't know if I do it on a yearly basis as much as um, I'm always trying to, to, I love just building relationships in general, okay. but I'm always looking for people that have those attributes that I'm looking to, you know, I, I, my ultimate goal is to, to be a better self, better Matt, you know, the future Matt is better than the current Matt. Right. And so to get to future Matt, um, I need to have better relationships, new relationships. And so always looking for, um, you know, who's somebody I can get into a better relationship with that 
you know, exhibits those features. Um, you know, you're one of them too, Ruben. Like, Ooh, you know, we, what? yeah, um, we've known each other for a while, not well. Yeah. And so part of this opportunity was, um, I, I respect you from a distance and what you, you stand for and, you know, your integrity and your, your results and everything you're about. And so those are the kind of people I want to be associated with. So, um, starting to form that relationship. So, yeah. you know, okay, come down and do a podcast and yeah. hang out in Fayetteville. All right, <laughs> yeah. I'm in, you know. See what random questions I yeah. ask you. See, yeah. None, yeah, none of this was scripted, right? So. No, uh-uh. No, no, no. Well, I appreciate <laughs> that. And obviously, you know, I have sorts of a plan, right? And I'm I'm aligning myself with the people that I really would want to align myself with. And that's yeah. why I reached out to you. Thank you. Um, if you were able to look, though, a little bit further to future Matt. Yep. Who is that person that you haven't talked to yet that you'd like to talk to? Hmm. Um, not sure specifically it's a person um, as much as I know that future Matt is wants to help more and more people and and be uh, a leader and an encourager for more people yeah and so to do that I need to find more people like Jay Crow that that that's really Jay's mission is to he's an encourager he loves helping people and so that's where we aligned a lot and right so just finding more people like Jay that that I can bring into my circle absorb from you know when you hang out with people you absorb their habits you right. see how they operate on a daily basis. The little, it's the little things that you pick up from them that make the biggest difference. And so um, the more people I can find like that, the better. So I wouldn't say there's one person that I'm like, okay, I'm stalking this person from afar right. as like, much as- I'm getting closer and you know, closer. Yeah. I, I know I want to add you know, as many people per year as I can that, that fit that mold. Right, and then what you focus on expands, right? That's right. We've heard that, and that's, that's right. when you're gonna start pulling more of those people into your life. That's right. Um, no, that's awesome. So for building the team. Talk to us a little bit about some of the struggles that you've had um, building the team that you have. Sure, so um, starting from scratch, 2011, um, brand new agent, um, went into bold first week. So I definitely would encourage agents with or without Keller Williams to consider taking bold. So someone who's listening, what is bold? Okay, so bold is a um, business objective life by design. It's a class that talks about, it's a mixture of mindset and sales tactics kind of blended together. Gotcha. So it's a it's a class on you as a person and class on you as a salesperson. Got it. Put together. Okay. So um and you know to, to give you the value, I've taken the class eight times and I'll be taking it for the ninth time this year. So clearly some could argue I'm a slow learner, which is probably true, <laughs> but the other option is that it's also, you know, extremely valuable to the point where I'm still not mastered all the That's topics, right. so I'm taking it, you know, for the ninth time. Yes. Um, but uh, you know what the team looks like. So going from a single agent to today's team, uh, have five agents plus myself, two full-time um, admin staff, um, plus a telemarketer we call ISA in the business. So a team of nine. You know what what's that what that really has looked like is mostly going out and finding talent. If you had to narrow it down, um, mm -hmm. you know. The amount of talent you surround yourself with will, you know, equate to the size of your business. Right. And so it's the who, um, along with your database. That's probably the other big key that I would hit on with with my, with my businesses. Um, if you find any agent, the size of their business correlates directly to the size of their database and how they communicate with it. So for me, um, it's always about how do I grow my database and then how do I nurture and love on the database that I already have. And when I say database, I mean my sphere of influence, people I know, people that, that know me, like me, trust me, um, friends, past clients, uh, you know, contacts in, in the business world, all those right. people put together. Right. So, um, so the growth of the company, honestly, has really just been a simple matter of 
nurturing that group and then growing that group and the combination of that, we've, we've just required more and more people um, in order to hold the standards that I have for service. Right. Know? So as you get to a certain point, you realize, okay, if I don't add somebody, the service level that we've that has gotten us here and has earned the Perry Group the name that they have will drop off. So I, yeah. need, to, I need to add in another support staff or I need to add in another agent to service our clients. Right. So I hope that your some of your clients are listening because when I'm coaching with agents, most of the time I hear is that I'm running out of time. Well, right. one, well when, when I hear that, when I say, okay, cool, open up your calendar. Right. Let's see what's really going that's right. on. That's right. Um, but if, if it really is stacked, then uh, that's usually what it is, is they're running out of time. So then they start looking for someone to hire. Right. But for you, and I'm sure that had a little element, but it's interesting that you say, my customer service was going downhill. That's right. So I wanted to hire someone else for my customer service. Yes. And that's really where we hire is um, we only grow as that level to either keep it the same or up it. And right. so if, if to do that, we need to add somebody, we add somebody. And that's, it's, so it's been an organic growth. It's not, um, I've not been one of the, and there's nothing wrong with it, but I've never been one of the agents that says, okay, next year I'll have five people on my team and the next year I'm gonna have eight. And then, you know, I don't have a systematic right. growth chart. I just have a take care of your clients, treat them like, you know, they're the, the one and only and love on them. And then right. the, the, the business will reciprocate. So do you have a system to where the clients can tell you, hey, Matt, it fell through right here. Yeah, great question. So yes, we take their pulse a lot of times. Um, the biggest one probably though to head that, head off that question is the front end setting good expectations. Gotcha. So um, if that's a buyer, that would be at a buyer consultation. Right. If that's a listing at the listing appointment or before or after the listing appointment, just setting clear expectations so that I know what Ruben, if he's my client is expecting, he knows what what he's expecting from me and we have a clear path on how we're going to get there That's what right. his goals are yeah so if i get clarity there it avoids a lot of those but that being said yes we take a pulse um throughout the transaction and then certainly at the end i want to talk to them and find out you know what what do we do well and what could we have done better and try to you know one up each, exactly. each time we go yeah so. so and well and you're gonna know it because it sounds like you're still going to training all the time you don't just take it one time and walk out right absolutely you're still doing that um, but yeah, to go back, so you you kind of take pulse throughout the process. What about after the process? Do you reach out and say, hey, listen, we're done. Not really done, done, but sure. you, we're accomplished. You got your keys. Talk to me about how that Yeah, went. great question. So um, we look at it as a, going back to the relationship. So we're forming a relationship or continuing one if, if we had a pre-existing relationship. Right. So for me, the, the transaction is just the beginning. And so we end, you know, quote unquote, end with the closing that's really just the beginning of the relationship. And so we like to stay in touch with right. the client. Um, exactly. What that looks like is phone calls throughout the year. We have several client events, appreciation events we host. And that's our way of saying, hey, you know, we want to connect, stay connected with you. And we also realize that the home buying process is pretty stressful. Right. And so there was a lot of things going on. And so now it's like, okay, that's in the past. Let's, let's go have a beer together or let's, you know, bring the kids out for some ice right. cream and, you know, let's enjoy each other yeah, and not exactly. have to worry about a due diligence deadline. and. And so we, we use those events to, to stay in contact with our clients and, and, you know, and we're always there as a resource. You know, we understand, okay, you bought a home, it might be another five, seven, 10 years before you buy another one, but right. you also might need, you know, a vendor, Anything. you might need a landscaper yep. or a painter, et cetera, et cetera. And so we want to be that resource for our clients yeah. as well. So staying in touch with them there and making sure that they, they know they can still call us and we can, we've vetted a lot of those people and we can give them for sure. Top notch referrals. Yeah. So, so it is, and I love that you say that because for the agents that I'm coaching, because there has to, there's, I know this is a little bit lower level, but people are say, okay, so what's a contact? 
Because you say go out there and make a contact. Sure. So in productivity coach or in my coaching program, it's database, notes, and a follow-up. Yep. Database, and we'll do a little dance because yep. we're ridiculous. Yep. Um, but follow-up. Follow-up's where the wealth is, That's wealth right. is built, right? That's right. And, and not only wealth in monetarily, but wealth in just building relationships. That's right. That's right. So it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah, too. I mean, if you if you if you don't follow up, then you're saying the message it was all about the sale. Yeah. You know. So if I'm following up, staying in contact, then they know, hey, Matt or you know someone on his team, they weren't just in it for the one-time sale or for the check or right. whatever. It's, it was about the relationship. Because they'll taste that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if it truly is about the relationship, then you know you're going to pour in before, during, and after right. the transaction. So we would do the same thing. We would say, okay. Tell me more opportunity that we can grow in. You won't hurt my feelings. It's only going to help me grow my business. Yeah. We used to do that. Yeah. And on the flip side, we'd also say, so what did you love? Yes. What was the best thing about this yes. process? Do you do the same thing? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point and a great question because um, you want to know what you're doing well. And something that, what the cool thing about that question is something that might have seemed very insignificant and small to us. Oftentimes our clients right. say, hey, that was huge when you did that. And like, oh, I didn't even, we do that as a standard, but to us, it didn't seem like a big deal. Yeah. And it really impacted them. So we want to know both sides, absolutely. Yeah. What um, have you seen the most where, if you were to put put it all in one hand, what does the Matt Perry group do very well that you keep hearing the feedback on that they love? Um, I think the biggest thing is that we're we're very systematized. So we're, we're going to make sure that there, there aren't balls dropped. But that at the end of the day, we care about our people and we care about them achieving their goal because everybody's goal is different you know right. you're going to come in right. and you're going to be different from the next client so we try to really tailor each experience and that's really what we hear is that you listen to what our goal was what our need was and then you accommodated and you know transition pivoted to fit what needed to happen for us to reach our goal right and, and if we can do that then that just strengthens the relationship and then you know as a business owner that's going to lead to referrals and um grow the business right so yeah no yeah i get it um, so for some of the some of the listeners, we're also having uh, CEOs listen, other uh, business people who have had some challenges, in which I always hear sure. one of the biggest challenges is hiring. Yes. Um, can you talk a little bit about that for the people that are listening? Sure. Um, I think uh, you know your business will grow to the level of the talent you have in your organization. So. Okay. Um, you know, if I hire a bunch of fives, then I'm gonna have a, on a one to 10 scale, I'm gonna have a business that's a five. If right. I'm hiring nines, I'm gonna have a nine. And so um, you really, I feel like a lot of people shortchange that process because it is not in our you know, day-to-day schedule. So it just gets added. Right. And we're, we're trying to keep up with our business that's yes. already running. You know, so you're, you're trying to bring somebody on to a bus that's moving basically. And so, um, you know, that's a challenge. But if you don't, if you don't you know, devote the time to it, you'll get the res- you'll get what you put into it, basically. And so I think you know, having to understand the value of how important that hire is, and really, you know, the slow to fire, quick, slow to hire, quick to fire is true in a lot of ways. You, know, you really do need to take a long process because I look at my team as a family, and so if I'm bringing you into my family, you know, we're going to be very selective about right. who we allow in. And so um, that is going to be a slow, drawn out process, and we make sure to explain that to the candidate. And um, the cool thing about going back, it, it kind of all circles back to relationships is we don't always make the hire because they might be a great person, they might be a talented person, um, and they might be both, but they're not for that role that we're hiring for. Mm. So I might go through the whole process and then realize, hey, this is a great person and they're talented and they're not a good fit for what I'm hiring for. So, so do you so, keep someone like that on the bench? Yeah, so that would be yeah. somebody that I would definitely want to stay in a relationship with yeah. and say, hey, Ruben's talent, you know, um, I want to be in business with this guy at some point, but right now he doesn't fit the role that I'm, that I have the need for. So right. we're going to stay in touch and, and then, you know, down the road, maybe we can. So what would that need look like? 
What's that? <laughs> For Ruben. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Let's talk later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so what do you tell the person who says, you know what, I love that. Yes, bring in more talent into my world. Selfishly, I don't want to be outshined. Yeah, good question. So I think um, if you're going to let your ego get in the way, um, you will always have a team of people that are less talented than you. And you might be talented, so that might still allow for some talent to come into the organization. But at the end of the day, um, you know, if you can get past your own ego, then every role on my team that I've filled basically is now filled with somebody that's that's better than me. Right. And so we're only going to grow to that next level if I find people that cannot just Ex, you know, meet my my level of talent and, ex, right. and expertise, but actually exceed it. And um, you know, I've on the buy side, on the sell side, and residential sales. You know, both uh, Mallory on my team and Sean have both surpassed you know my numbers and, and my personal goal, personal best numbers. So to me, that's a celebration. That's not a oh, right. you know, they're threatening me. That's a hey, I went and found talent, and these are people I want to. Yeah, what does that say about you? With. Yeah, and and I'm I'm encouraging them to push that to the next level, and you know. So every time we hire, we're looking to top grade. We're looking to, exactly. okay, uh, you know, this person's left for whatever reason, so the, the next one's going to be even better. Yep. You so know? I heard Lucas, Lucas Sherrod. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He said, uh, he said, when you bring someone into your organization, don't have them replace you. Have them crush you. That's right. Yeah. That's so you right. don't bring someone in and just replace you. Because yeah. what are you really doing? Right. You're really staying still or really going backwards if right. you're doing that. So, yep. Uh, and that's easier said than done. So I think, you know, with Keller Williams, we have a process through what we call career visioning, but you know, you really need to have a plan for the hiring process and what you're gonna do and what those steps look like so that you can make sure you get the outcome you're looking for. Exactly, yeah. So career visioning is basically getting to know the person a little bit deeper. Yep. Um, and there's a 30, 60, 90 plan on the other side That's of that. That's right. Um, besides that, and by the way, anyone who's listening, you don't have to be KW, come, come with us. Like, yeah. we'll show you everything. Absolutely. Completely transparent. Um, but I'll also say, what are if you could pick the top three things that you're looking for in a person? Yes, and they're they're going to fit the role that you're looking for. Sure. But what are the top three things that you're really looking for in a person? If you're yeah, good question. So, um, yeah, because when you say talent, that's a broad and exactly you yeah. know use use term a lot. Um, what I'm looking for is somebody that just has that 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 drive, that um, kind of that chip on their shoulder. You know that mm -hmm. that they are are driven. You know they are using words like I will be successful and you know they just you can just see the passion in their eyes you know their passion is a big thing too we talk about with my team is you can be really good in real estate but if you don't enjoy it it's going to wear you down you know pretty right. quickly um, but the people that last that make it they're passionate about real estate they're, they love what they do whether it's working with buyers sellers both um, in the residential world so I'm looking for somebody with passion and okay. if that's a if that's an administrative role then right. I want them to be passionate about serving people about being organized, about you know the parts of their job they're going to make them successful. Okay. And I, I would so I would sum it up with um, passionate um, track records. Another one I look at. Yeah. So you know you can talk a good game, but yeah. if I'm looking at yeah. your resume re and Ruben's like, eh, not seeing what you're telling me here, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, yeah. But if I've got you know one successful, one accomplishment after the next on the resume, then that right. just says, hey, the audio matches the video. This guy says. And, and sounds legit and his resume backs it up, his track yeah. record. You know? Yeah, so for some people who are just now building that track record, uh, some of yeah. the agents that I coach, you know, and I'm, they, they kind of get on me a little bit because I'm always telling them to tell the story, tell the story, tell the story, social media, you know, selfie yeah. or whatever. Absolutely. Because what it does, it becomes your track record. If someone's, yes. if you're going in, let's say listing appointment, 
and you just know and understand that they're going to look at you on Facebook and they want to see that you're doing a five by five by 10, right? Absolutely. Or like where you're door knocking. Absolutely. Um, they want to see that you're out there all yes. the time. That becomes your resume. That becomes your past that's experience. Right. Um, but that's why I hawk them. Yeah, that's that. a great, that's a great um, coaching opportunity and recommendation. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So now you got the team. It's pretty solid. There's always going to be some challenges. You've moved into a different leadership position, like we mentioned a little bit earlier, right. where you've opened up a market center or a Keller Williams office. That's right. So um, the uh, opportunity uh, in the discussions with J. Crow and through Keller Williams came about. And, you know, I, I, I've really my passion is definitely my team. But at the same time, I looked at, again, like I mentioned earlier, I'm only able to help a select number of people, you know, with their careers and right. grow, grow them. And so I wanted to pour into people, but not necessarily directly on my team. Or I found somebody talented that said, you know, I said, hey, I like this guy, Ruben, but um, there's not a seat on my bus for him, but right. I would still love to pour into him and help him with his goals. It just right. might not be in a, in a you know, one-to-one. So the opportunity to open up a Keller Williams office was really what um, allowed me to do that. It allowed me to find other talented people that, that I could help change their world, change their family's world. Um, and I say I, I mean through Keller Williams and the systems right. and models that we have. So it's certainly not me. Um, I don't, you know, I always claim I don't have any original ideas. I just am good at R&D, R&D, rip, rip off and duplicate, you know. Success so, leaves clues. Yeah, exactly. So I'm good at studying successful people yeah. and then implementing what has made them successful. Yeah. And so helping other people do that um, through through a Keller Williams office has right. been exciting. So, it, you know, we heard some of the benefits and some of the stuff that you got out of building the team for you. Right. What about the market center? What different layers has that added for you? So what that? that's added for me is kind of what I was just saying where if somebody is uh, an entrepreneur wanting to do their own thing, wanting to brand themselves, but needs the help in their direction, you know, right. being, being having, you know, some success here with my team and d having done a lot of what they're wanting to do, I feel like I can add some value and be a, be a encourager and a, and a, you know, motivator and a mentor to them in helping them, you know, blow up their business to whatever level they choose to. And so the market center allows me to do that, allows me to you know, we're both underneath Keller Williams with our own entities and, yeah. you know, can kind of come alongside them and, you know, help them with their, their challenges and be a, you know, be a sounding board and a mentor. Similar to what um, Jake Rowe has been to me, like we talked about. Yeah. No, so. that sounds like such a good resource that you had from the very beginning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, definitely um, all of the Perry Group success and what I've had is, is, is built on a foundation of other, you know, successful people pouring into me right and that starts with my parents and that goes to you know my family um jet people like jay crow there's just a lot of people that you know even going back to some of my high school teachers um mm. so you know that's a there's a lot of people that have poured into helping make you know what the person i am today so right so yeah. i want to be able to in some small way do that for for other people. I, think I would argue you're doing it in a big way. Well, I, ho I hope so. Yeah. I want, just want, to, want it to be bigger. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think I think you're doing it. What are some, uh, when you talk about the market center level, level for anybody who's listening that has thought about opening up a Keller Williams, um, obviously the OP, which is the operating partner or yep. the operating, operating principal, principal yep. um, which is basic. So what is that? What's the OP? Yeah, good question. Yeah. So um, the OP is the visionary of the market center. So they're the I mean, some people call it the owner or the broker of another market center, but they're basically the, the visionary for the market center. So we set the vision. Um, we hire the team leader, which in our organization is kind of like the CEO. 
and basically hold them accountable. And then we also provide the financing. You know, it just does take money to open up an office. So, right. so those are the three main roles as an operating principal. You're, you're making sure to create the vision for the team. You're not necessarily executing. Executor. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so that's been exciting. Um, what I would say to somebody that has, that has that as a, as a, you know, on their, on their to-do list or, um, an, an opportunity that they're looking at down the road is, yeah. um, number one is we're, we're an organization built on production. So production equals opportunity. And that's probably the biggest equation I yep. repeat to my team and, and to other people is, you know, if you, if you sh- get the results and you know, that going back to that track record, yep. people that have a track record are going to yep. get other, other opportunities. Yeah. Um, and I've found that to be true on my team. I've found that to be true in the market center. And so same thing would be the case with Keller Williams. If you want opportunity, go out and crush whatever role you're in. And mm-hmm. I guarantee opportunity will come knock on your door. All right. They so. did. Say they crushed it in the okay. role that they're in. Um, what are some things that they need to know or think about before even doing something like that? So they would want to talk to other people in that role, whether it's they want to be a, become a team leader. They gotcha. want to become a productivity, <coughs> excuse me, uh-huh. productivity coach. Um, they want to become an operating principal and open a market center. Go talk to those people. Find out what their day looks like. Find out, you know, get get into those circles like we were talking about earlier about your circle of five. You attach know. yourself with a who. Yeah, attach to a who. Um, you know, talk to the regional director who's over, in our case, North and South Carolina. You right. know, say, hey, I have interest. Here's here's what I've done. What what would I need to do? And then, you know, he can actually lay out an, an actual, you know, you know, black and white path to that, to accomplishing that. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. So you just kind of threw it out there. Would you ever think about being the regional director? No, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> no. um, I, I, you know, I don't see that role fitting um, where my where my goals lie. Yeah. yeah. So if Mark Brenham is listening, his job's safe for me. So <laughs> I think his, I don't know if his smile went down or up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. So also one of the things that and by the way, I guess if you're listening. Could they reach out to you if they have Absolutely. questions? And by the way, they've already crushed it in the role that they're at. Um, yeah. And could they reach out to you for Absolutely. something like that? Yeah. Um, my um, emails or my uh, website is just mattperryrealty.com. And um, if you want to give out my cell number, I'm happy to do that yeah, on the podcast. Sure. So 919-818-7016 is my direct cell. Um, definitely be more than happy to share um, my experiences and anything I can do to help yeah. anybody that's listening. Very so. cool. Very cool. What about, so another thing you mentioned um, to our agents earlier during the mastermind is that you now are starting to, you man, you're just all over the place, but I'll say, uh, but you do, you do those areas very well, right? But one of the things you said was, I'm starting to become an investor. Yes. In the investing world. Yes. So what, what transition for you to even start looking at investing? Good question. Um, so really looking at passive income has been huge for me in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, we, we work so hard, but I also realized that in residential sales, you know, from a financial standpoint, you're only kind of good as your next closing, your next sale. Right. And so looking at what are the options out there, um, not just in real estate, but in general in, in the passive income arena. Um, ultimately, you have, you know, poor people, rich people and wealthy people and wealthy people really um, have assets, you know, they have passive income, right? You know, r- there's a lot of rich people that work really hard. Mm-hmm. And they're rich, but the wealthy, truly wealthy people have assets and um, have passive income coming in. So for me, um, mirroring the, or um, blending the two rather of investing in real estate, since I already know that I'm in it, made a lot of sense. And so for me, right. jumping into um, residential investing, um, you know, basically having rental property and, and holding on to it. Um, gotcha. It's a very conservative investment. Yeah. So especially with the areas you know, that we're in, 
North Carolina, Fayetteville, Raleigh, Durham, um, you know, the, the property values are not going to go down, you know, at least not drastically. Right. So over a long period of time, holding on to a property for 15, 20, 25 years, that, that home is going to be worth at or above what you purchased it. And so right. if I can, you know, go in, put 20% down and then have somebody else over the life of that 15 years pay the rest of it off and it's appreciated, then, and you know, cost of living is going up, so rent's going up. Yeah, so you end up where you either have a cash flowing asset, or mm -hmm. you have, and or you also have an asset you own. You know that free and clear might be worth quarter million dollars, half million dollars. Right. So, so doing that multiple times over um, is a very you know, gotcha. and, and really, if you read a lot of investing books, almost any you know seasoned investor has some part of their portfolio is real estate. Yeah. So that everyone right. sees that as a as a great vehicle, um, and also like I said, a very conservative vehicle. Yeah. Have you dipped your toe into any other real estate investing, like wholesaling, flipping, or is it just buy and hold? Mostly have been buy and hold. Yeah. I'm, I, I err on the conservative side. So I've had clients that have flipped and had right. some success stories and some that were, you know, probably more of a, of a learning practicing experience. for free. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Learning experience is a good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, th those are, um, there's a higher risk and higher reward because you're making more money on a short term. But you know, there's no guarantee that you're going to make that. So, gotcha. So, so how many buy and holds do you have at the moment? So, currently, I have um, four investment properties. Okay. Um, looking to grow that to 15 minimum, um, and then gotcha. maybe beyond that even. Gotcha. So, so I'll move and I'll ask why 15 here in a second. But what have you learned from the first buy and hold investment to where you're at now, the, the fourth buy and hold investment? Good. Um, That's a good question. So the biggest thing is probably um, learning. Uh, how easy or hard certain areas are going to be to rent to you know get it rented location. once it's purchased location yep so really finding that sweet spot um, also for me certain price points um, are a little bit more difficult with you know clientele and consistency so finding where what what's the sweet spot if you will for it's going to rent quickly and it's going to be you know a stable tenant that's going to pay on time and those kind of things so right. that's probably been the biggest learning curve is looking at those locations and what that so now I have a much clearer picture of uh, what I'm looking for in a, in a property right. versus what so I did. So the first starting. one, was it just, oh, that looks like a really good deal and then jump, jump on yeah, it? Yeah. First one was actually, uh, oh, that's near my, near my brother. I already know the area near his house. So just kind of jumped on it. Yep. That one actually worked out pretty well as a foreclosure. Oh, cool. good. Um, the second one was the one where eh, probably wouldn't have made that one if I had to do it over again, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. um, took four months to rent, uh, just a lot of headaches involved with it. And then, uh, Three and four were were more consistent and better better decisions. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So I, I, you know, and, you know, people see that. Look, look, your team closed over two hundred twenty something units last year. Sixty four million, four investment properties. Top investor of a, a market center. But even this one, even this, and we're talking about buy and hold. There's challenges, and you're still going to screw up, and you're going to fail forward. Yeah. And there's a lot of failure moments in that. There's right? a there's a lot of failures in those numbers. Yeah. You know, there's a it's that iceberg analogy of you uh, see. Yep. The numbers you just listed are the the little tips sticking out, and then yeah. what's underneath that is a whole lot of uh, tears, a whole lot of tears, a whole lot of sweat, <laughs> a whole lot of mistakes. Um, right. You know, definitely learning as I go and um, making a ton of mistakes. Um, but you know, we all are, and I think that's you know, hopefully, um, just like this podcast, somebody can take away one thing that might exactly. be able to help them, and that's that's always what I'm trying to do is just say, okay, that was a mistake. What can I learn from it, and then how can I not avoid to do that again? And other than that, you know just move on, you know, just go to the next thing. That's right. So then I'll back right back up. I just, I, I think that's really cool because, you know, 
doing this podcast, I, I don't want to hear all about the wins. If it's 80-20 rule, maybe I want to hear 20% sure, wins, sure. 80% yep. failing forward, losses, punches in the face, yeah, yeah, yeah. bleeding, blood. Right, right, you know, absolutely. It's just dirty and gross. <laughs> I, want, I want that because I want people to understand this takes work, it takes time, it takes yeah. grit, it takes yeah. hustle, it takes falling. I want people to hear that. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Uh, so going back, did you say 18 buy and holds? 14. Uh, 15. 15. Yeah. I listen, I promise. That's all good. All good. So what's what's important to you about having 15? Yeah, so um, I think it's important to, when you have a goal to have a clarity on why that's the goal. Right. Um, and so, and that's something that I've learned too, by the way. I, you know, none of these things are things I made up. It's just, you know, to your point, I've failed forward a lot and made mistakes and then learned from them. And so I'm trying to share what I have learned there. But with the clarity on that was um, I have three girls, uh, 10, 8, and 5. They're definitely my big why, along with my wife. So my four girls, including my wife, are my my uh, motivation. You know, right. because of them is why I think I've elevated w- what I've been able to do because they give me that spark to get up every day. And so with the investment properties, having three girls, um, you know, I've I've got three weddings, I've got three colleges, and so I look at houses as okay, that's that house is the college, you know, uh, college yeah. uh, scholarship for one that that house is a wedding for this one and so so there's six right there off the bat and then uh <laughs> i've calculated at this point the other nine would it's be crazy would be good for uh you know just me and my wife to yeah. you know, live on down the yeah. road so. okay so here's int- uh, what do they come to you and they say you know what thank you so much for doing this for me um wedding get it College, not really my route. Sure. Are, are they still going to get that cash flow coming to their world to fund whatever they want to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at those as um, go, investing in them. So whether that's college, whether that's, hey, I want to start a business. Hopefully that's, uh, hey, I want to run the Perry Group. So I yeah. can, you know, I can uh, step away are you guys listening in, in right 10 years. Now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm hoping at least one of them <laughs> falls into real estate. But uh, yeah, so that, that that's the idea. It's just my, um, my ultimate motivation is that I want to make decisions that are best for my family and my girls and notwithstanding finances as part of that equation. So if it's the right move for them, um, then I make it and it has nothing to do or I don't factor in, can I afford it, can I not afford it? And that's really what drives me is that, you know, giving them whatever I want to give them and not letting finances be dictating. Right. And uh, how, how old are your girls right now? 10, 8, and 5. Okay. Um, so. Have you seen anything? From ah, this is kind of too early, but I always look for that entrepreneurial spirit. Okay, yeah. So did you always have an entrepreneurial spirit? I don't think I did. I don't feel like really? I wasn't the guy that had the lemonade stand at ten and yeah, you know, like because I was looking for Yeah, yeah. I was looking for that. Nah, I wish I, I wish I could say I did. Um, yeah, I did. I was competitive though in sports. I will say I did a lot of sports and um, you know didn't want to play if I wasn't trying to win. So right, th- and that goes back to the hiring process. You asked me kind of three things. I think track record. Um, that passion and the third one is probably competitive you know I love hiring people that are competitive and I find that you know people that that want to win want to work on a team and have a sports background they're used to working on a team but they're used to wanting to win they're competitive so um, so that was probably one thing for me yeah just being I'm pretty competitive yeah and I don't think it's I mean you always hear it when you talk when you talk to business people, or even in business books, it's there's always a sports analogy, right? Yeah, because absolutely. Because it does. It ties in a lot. I mean, I'm competitive. Like right now, I, on this podcast, I have the second best beard out of two. So, <laughs> so it's bothering me that I'm, I'm in second. You well, know? here's the so. thing. Um, I'm getting a lot of slack for this <laughs> this right here. I have uh, I've dedicated one year. 
Nice. I, I want to like see it. what one year looks like. I've right. never done it, so I'm in cool. the mix of it. It's looking good. It's Thank looking you, good. sir. Thank you, sir. The mustache is kind of doing whatever it wants. <laughs> People are asking me, do I highlight my mustache? I'm like, no, man, no. no. I don't, it's all natural. Dude, yeah. this, yeah. so I cut my hair with a guard because okay, I, don't, yeah. I want to wake up and get the day started. Right, right. I don't want to focus on, was it moose? Yeah, moose? yeah, yeah. Or is that even moose, a thing moose anymore? Moose or gel or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't want to do that, right? Yeah. But So this is this is odd. There's I a like lot it. of maintenance. I like it. But I appreciate that. I really do. So honestly, there's a few questions that I want to um, ask you real quick, okay? Sure. All right. So, well, I think we answered that one. Let me move to this next one. Well, we answered that one too. Okay. What have you gotten better to saying no to? So uh, Gary Keller, Keller Williams, talks a lot about, um, you know, you got to say no to a lot of things to say yes to the ones that are important to you. Right. So um, I I've gotten really good with my time. So, you know, um, I protect my schedule. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, let's just grab coffee. Um, and, you know, I'm very strategic about my schedule. So, um, you know, because I protect my family time with my girls and because mm -hmm. my business is so important to me, hitting my goals there, there doesn't, there doesn't leave a lot of time for, you know, just uh, a wide open, you know, period. So I'm very selective. So to answer your question, I say no to a lot of things that are not moving me toward my goals. And right. so I've, if I, if I, and I'm, you know, I'm working on that. I'm not perfect at it, but if I can get more and more clarity every day on what is my goal, and then does my schedule match that goal, then I get better and better at saying no to the things that don't move me forward. Right. So you know? give give me an example. I'm someone who walks up to you, and the question I'm about to ask has something to do with meeting with you. But yeah, uh, how do you scale if this is? Um. So you know, they want to have they want to have lunch with me because um, you know, they they have a a mortgage company and they're looking to, you know, gotcha. get into a business relationship. So, um, I would find out quickly, I would acknowledge them, not say this is not a personal thing, but currently my current situation, I have very strong partners, not looking to grow that right now. So spending an hour and a half, two hours at a lunch with somebody, uh, talking about that is just not going to go anywhere. I know it's not going to go anywhere. So I, I just circumvent that and say, Hey, I'd love to get to know you better at maybe another time. But having lunch right now about that is not, not on my radar. So right. uh, I just, kill that, you know, right off the bat. Right. Do you, and I know that we're always thinking about our business in the backdrop, right? I went to sleep thinking about it last yeah, night. Absolutely. And, and not all nights, but last night I did. I yeah. definitely did. Um, and sometimes in the conversation, say you've agreed to sit with someone sure. for an hour. Do you, and my mind just went here, so uh, work with me through yeah, this. Yeah. If I'm constantly thinking about my business with our conversation, was, was that not, was it maybe was that something I shouldn't have set up? Like if it's not so engaging or I'm asking the right questions sure. or we're, we're, we're in such a great conversation of how we can both build each other up, should I have even made this appointment? Um, or what do you think? Maybe I not. Know. I think yeah. the, the, the lesson would be um, pre-qualify -qual, pre the appointment next yeah. time. You know, we talk about that right. with clients. So maybe ask more questions on the front end so that next time that happens. I mean, you can't, I mean, I don't think I'd get up and walk out of a lunch right. just because it wasn't, you know. Right, right. But I yeah. would say, okay, next time, ask more questions so you know, if, is this going to be productive to move me toward my goals? Exactly. And if it's not, or if it's not a key relationship, like we were talking about earlier, where it's opening a door, you know, through a, through a relationship, then it probably doesn't need to be on my schedule. Gotcha. You know? And you can get other people to help you if you have an assistant, if you have your wife, um, you know, if you're a single agent. I mean, have them help you protect your schedule and hawk your schedule. Right. Because you know? yeah. um, I think that's one of the habits of highly successful people is they have a very clear path of what they're doing yep. and they don't let a whole lot of other things get in their way. You know, and, and if, right. I, if I go ask, hey, Gary Keller, can I meet with you? He's not going to say, sure, come on in. He's going to be like, I'll see you in September if he yep. says yes at all. Yes. You know, and it's going to be like, you have 15 minutes in September on the 9th. 
And that sounds crazy, but um, he's so laser focused on what he's doing. And so we need to model after that. That's right. And that's why, you know, going back to the beginning of our conversation, when someone walks up to me and says, hey, listen, I just don't have enough time or I wasn't able to accomplish this because of my time. Right. The first thing I want to look at is their calendar. Yeah. Say, cool, great, yeah. understand. Can I check out your calendar real quick? And that's a valid perception they have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we both know reality is they probably do have the time. They're just choosing to spend it in the wrong places. Exactly. You know? And are they very purposeful in the moment that they've time blocked? And that's right? a key word. Purposeful is is where I move to every every day. You know, as a high D, your biggest fear is waste, wasting time. So if you talked about if you come at me um, with a request for something, my first thought is no because I'm very purposeful. And unless that's moving toward right. you know, where I want to go, I look at that as a as a distraction, waste of time. So. Gotcha. And before I move to the next question, some people heard high D and may not know what that means. Oh, sorry. So <laughs> the, okay. the disc profile, um, yep. there's there's D I S C, and the the D is the driver or the bull. If you're familiar with the old. Um, other personality assessment so it's just a very direct person and so that 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 is me in a lot of ways and so you have to be um, cognizant of what those people you know they don't like to be wait what their time wasted right and so I'm very much in that category gotcha okay so another question what profession other than your own would you would be fun to attend um you know professional golfer was on my list but I haven't broken you know 85 in a long time so <laughs> Or ever really, um, so that's not happening. Um, you know, um, I don't know. I think I think maybe more of a, a coaching role in some capacity would be because mm-hmm. I do enjoy it. Blends um, my my business um, with helping people, right? And so some kind of a whether that's a mentor, or coaching, uh, you know, coaching role with with people that are that are in real estate or otherwise. Have you been approached? Um, you know, there's op- there's a lot of opportunities with Keller Williams. So mm-hmm. um, I've looked at the different maps as the is the coaching through through Keller Williams. But at this time, uh, I've got enough things on my plate. Exactly. That I, I, I want to make sure I'm giving 100 percent everything I'm doing. So. Yeah. On the flip side of that, do you have a coach? I do. Good, yeah. Good question. I definitely believe in coaching. Co- being a coach, a high school basketball coach, um, definitely believe in coaching. So I actually have um, currently have really three coaches. Um, so you know, each of my roles and then I have a non real estate related. So, you know, I feel like if you ever want to achieve high success in something, um, you have to have a coach, you know, and I'll give you an example of when I failed is in, you know, training or losing weight. You know, I did a great job when I had a trainer, Mm. got off that and have had, you know, struggles. So, you know, for me to get back where I need to be, I need to hire a coach, AKA a trainer and get back to that. So, so, you know, I've experienced what it is like to have one and then with the results you don't get when you don't have one. Right, right. So three coaches currently. Yep. Um, what would you say to the person who's listening and says, get it, coaches would be pretty cool, I'm not willing to pay that. Yeah, good good question. That's always probably the biggest objection. Exactly. Yeah, it's right. the finance piece. Um, I mean, I would say, uh, proof, first of all, the, the proof is in the pudding you know, as far as um, money in it's an investment it's not a it's not spending money it's an investment in yourself and you your, your business will grow to the extent that you do is the bold law that we talk about and so i need to pour into myself and then from that my business will grow so it's a backwards way of thinking to say well i'm gonna grow my business and then when it gets to a certain point i'm gonna hire a coach right it doesn't work right. that way michael jordan didn't wait till he was right. you know playing for the bulls to hire to get yeah. a coach you know right. uh tiger woods didn't you know make it to the pros and then say i'm gonna get a coach right you know? and so it's the other way around and you have to look at it as investment versus an expense. It just if cost? it's an investment, what's the best thing you could invest, 
you know, in, in the world, it's yourself, you know, yeah. so you're investing in yourself and you're, and you're bringing in, you just can't hold yourself accountable. You know, it, you have to have that coach that sees things from outside looking in, mm -hmm. can, can help point you in the right direction. Um, and can just, you know, give you the right tools to get to your goal. Yeah. So, and to kind of jump on your bandwagon, last year I had three coaches as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at, like I said, top people have a coach, you know. Yeah. Even the Bill Gates, the Warren Buffett, they have a coach, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just, it, I, get, I get the real concern, but, you know, at the same time, you just have to, you have to jump in and know that, trust that that coach is going to get you where you need to be and yeah. you're investing in yourself. Yeah, I remember uh, uh, I was working at UPS, wasn't making a ton of money. I was part-time yep. and I was trying to do the real estate thing. And I was raising my daughter yep. and I went to bold and after bold, they said, Hey, listen, you might think about getting a coach. And I yep. was like, ha, right. ha, I can't, yeah. no I'd way. rather get groceries. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, I did anyways, I yeah. jumped in and I did. And, and I said, man, I have to, you know, and it kind of, it's, I love pressure built or, uh, pressure growth. Yes. Like now I force you force yep. growth. Yep. Love it. And that's kind of what it did to me. Yep. Right. I was like, oh, God, I have to make it happen. Yep. So she asked, you know, what, what do you want to accomplish? Why is it important? All that good stuff. And I said, I want to quit UPS. Yeah. Been there for 12 years. I just want, I, I need to go. Yeah. Um, just, I wanted to go. And I was able to quit in 10 months. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Because yeah. she built, she saw exactly what I need to do, how to do it. Well, and here's and the thing. You, you did the work. You put in the sweat and did the work. Yeah. However, she helped develop the plan for you, yep. with you. Um, she saw your vision and probably pushed you past where even you saw yourself because yep. she can, the coach can see the potential in you that you can't see in yourself. Right. So they can actually push you farther than you definitely would have ever gone on your own. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have ever thought six years ago that I'd be sitting here talking to you with the things I have going on. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was like, hey, I would, if I sold 10 million a year in real estate, I, I would have thought I was, you know, the yeah. man. And, you know, and so a coach helped me go, well, why we stop there? You know, what, what, what would it look like if we did more? Yeah. What, you know, what, how many more people could you help, you know, right. if, if we stretched this and grew it? And so can't say enough about, about the value of coaching. Yeah. Especially <laughs> with Ruben. that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. So what is a mistake you're seeing seasoned people do in your industry? Probably the biggest thing I see is, is get away from the fundamentals. You know, we look at, um, in our business, it's all about lead generation and, and going on appointments. Yeah. And so the biggest thing I see is they get away from, I mean, we would all love the the magic pill, the magic button, the magic website that just, oh yeah, just pop up this website and leads are just gonna flow in, people are gonna be calling you, your phone's ringing off the hook. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. And that's any business, you know, if I'm if I'm running a Domino's, I still have to generate leads, you know? If I'm, if I'm you know, selling ice cream, if I'm doing, no matter what I'm doing, yeah. I'm lead generating and I'm doing whatever I'm doing. I'm selling whatever I'm selling. And so yeah. real estate's no different. And so um, the, the people that might get seasoned is they get lazy or they get distracted with other things and get away from what got them there, which That's was right. generating leads and being focused on it. Yeah, so I geeked out about a month ago because we had a phone call come from a pizza joint. Okay. And I don't want to get it wrong. I'm not even sure of the name. Which, anyway, so they called, right? And they said, listen, you haven't bought a pizza in a while, so if you were to buy a pizza right now with 30% off, would you be interested? I was like, oh, That's awesome. Dude, I was yeah. like, that is so sick. Yeah. We didn't move forward, but oh my right, gosh. Right. Like, I almost melted. Yeah. I was like, they're yeah. legion in us they're right legion. now. Yep, yep. And they're a pizza joint. Yeah. So it was. It just brought, like you said, right back to the fundamentals. Yeah. No matter how great that pizza tastes, if they don't have people to sell it to, what does know, it matter? What does it matter, right? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so that's the biggest thing, and, and I think it's it's a valid 
um, issue we face where you get busy, you get you have clients, you have family, you're trying to work on your business, not just in your business. Right. But at the end of the day, um, what what keeps the the bus moving is lead generation. Yep. So. Agreed. You gotta have leads to to service, right? Yep. All right. Purchases of less than a hundred dollars that have most improved your life. Who? Man, throwing the fire into the questions at me here. Um, Two less, more and then we're done. Less than $100. Yeah. I uh, wasn't ready for that one. Um, that's a good question. I kind of love my Yeti, so that's uh, probably $40. Um, <laughs> Where is see. it? Uh, the oh, eight, Yeti cooler or Yeti? Yeah, no, no, sorry. The yeah. little cup I meant. Yeah. yeah. The cup that's $40. Yeah. Should be a full cooler. But, yeah. Um, Honestly, that's a tough one. I mean, my $8 sunglasses that I bought that I plan to lose at the lake that, you know, eight <laughs> years later, I can't get rid of them. Um, no, nah, I mean, uh, I would say um, anything that's helped me with my schedule um, and, and keeping on task. So um, trying to think right now what that would look like. Um, hmm. I don't know. You kind of stumped me on that one. Might have to pass and come back to that one. Well, so Can't far it seems else. like basically you're. All I see is Matt Perry chilling in a seat with his Yeti and sunglasses. Yeah, this yeah. Is, all right, all I, I got one okay, more good. for you. All right. Uh, note cards. Note um, cards. I bought note cards with my name on them, and I, I handwrite notes. And uh, the value mm -hmm. that brings back to me, number one in relationships, and number two in business, is the ROI on that. Is you know in the thousands, you know, yeah, thousand ROI times. I mean, you know, there's something about in this day and age, especially with text and everything, just writing a handwritten note and letting somebody know, you know, you care about them or send them a quick message. Yeah. And uh, like I said, the, the, it shows up in the business and, and, you know, reciprocates there as well. But um, that's been pretty cool. Just, just buying those and then putting the time in to write, yeah. write the notes. Man, I believe in that 100%. When yeah. I was selling real estate, one of the things I would do is write a letter after closing. Yep. But what I would do, be, you tell it purposeful, in the right-hand corner, I would break down what we won in negotiations. And we were more of a buyer's market. Cool, yeah. So was it closing costs, home inspections, how much were repairs? Yep. I would add it all up. Um, um, uh, were they, did I say closing costs? Yeah, yeah, okay. closing costs, yep. repairs, yep. yep. And all rolling it all together and then they'd put that massive amount right there and yep. just like stars around it and this is how much we saved, what could you do with this? Yep. Um, yep. Just to remind them. Yeah. And it was cool is when they get that letter, not only they're like, what, you yeah. saved this much? Yeah. But also, where does it go? It goes straight on the fridge, the first one on the fridge. That's right. And all the friends right. are walking in and like, who is this? He saved you yeah. 20, 30 grand, what? Well, and that that's a reflection of you truly caring about them you paid attention right. you knew yep. that number because you were tracking it and yep. you're looking at it and you knew what that could do for their family so it was about the letter was more about them yep um but at the same time because of that it strengthened the relationship and i guarantee you got referrals from it yep yep so so i would so i would win, agree with win, that win. Yeah. yeah and I, i've never thought about that so yeah thank you for that yeah um what question do you have for me so um Wanting to be a better coach, what what do you find is most gratifying as a coach, and what strategy have you implemented that you found has been highly successful with your? Okay, so the uh, the most fulfilling part is definitely seeing someone cry. Okay, in a good way. In a good way. Yep. Yeah, in a yep. good way. Um, you know, for once they grab something that they've never thought in a million years that they could grab. Yep. And before it was tears of frustration you know and just just 
falling on their face a lot, but when they actually, when it happens, when we've built the strategy and held them accountable, reaching out through phone call or text, hey, how are we gonna get this done? Is there anything else that could stop us from getting this done, right. you know? Except right. for their being uncomfortable, that we don't really wanna dip into that too much, but when they, or and when they actually do it, and they sit in here and they almost like, like kind of yeah. sink in their seat, yeah. and it just hits them, yeah. that's the best. That's awesome. Awesome. That's the best. Like that makes it all worth it. Yep. Yep. Because you've done, you've probably affected their family trees at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And they're like that. How, what, what, what could, how do you, How do you get better than that? How do you get you better know? than that? Like yeah. you not only affected them, but you affected them so internally that they now know that they can conquer whatever they want, not only for them but for everyone they love. So what I love hearing you saying that is that you've changed their thinking, and that's oh, yeah. a very powerful thing with coaching people is not just hey here's how to do x here's how to write a contract right. you know you're 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 helping them change the way they think and yep. then that that will not just impact them in that moment but moving forward and like yep. you said down to their family tree so there's there's just a lot of power in that and they can't really put a price tag on that yeah yeah one of the and i agree one of the strategies that's helped is going back and kind of needs analysis what's your goal and why is it important right um and then quantifying that why yeah. Um, no, yeah. Because a goal and Lucas, I'm going to shout him out again. Yeah. He said a goal is specific, measurable, and has a deadline. Yep. So when we find out what that why is and we get we quantify it money-wise, right? Because we know it's not about the money. It's what good the money can do. And when we were able to do that and we get specific, measurable, and put a deadline on that goal, yep. um, I, I would say that that's really one of the – I'm sure I'm missing something, but that's definitely one of the cornerstones to help you get there. It. Yeah. And the deadline is key. You know, 100%. Here's what you want to do. Here's specifically, yeah. you know – what the outcome you want to see, but we need to have the deadline on when that's going to For happen. For sure. Otherwise, and, they get pushed out. Yeah, you know? and something that I've seen recently that's truly helped, because we'll put a dead, they'll say, this is what needs to happen. And I'll say, okay, so when can, w- tell me, when can this be done? By? Right. So we do that. And I say, okay, now let's live it. It's a, for example, let's say it's Legion. I said, we're walking in, it's 8.50, you said 9 o'clock, what are we doing? So having them kind of, because what we find is that 9 o'clock's time blocked. Right. But where am I going to be? What do I do? What yeah. does it look like? What's yeah. the set, setup look like? So yeah. I think having them walk through That's that cool. and, and find out what they actually need in front of them in order for that to happen. Yeah. Or who do they need to get in touch with? Either way, it kind of has them live it before they do it. They visually play it out. And then if there is a roadblock, you can maybe help yep. overcome that so that Beforehand. It, doesn't, it doesn't become. Before, yeah. yeah, before it's not that one thing that kept them away. Right. I love it. All right. So what's, and this is the last question. What question would you ask for? Uh, to anybody who's listening, to the audience, what would you ask them? Um, I think the question would be, what are you passionate about? And then what are you doing to chase that passion? So ask yourself, what are you passionate about in this world or in, in, your, in, your, in your business, your career? And then what actions are you taking to make sure your schedule matches chasing that passion? Awesome. So you guys heard it. Leave a comment. Let us know. And they already know how to get in touch with Matt. Yep. Um, get in touch with me as well. Thanks so much for stopping by. You're the man, Ruben. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate Thank it. you.